So this week we did watch Halloween. Halloween, the original first Halloween. Yes, with uh, from nineteen seventy eight. Right? Yes. Okay. Nice. Uh, man, where to even start with this one? Um, yeah. Well, I guess first. Uh, why are I, we watching it? Yeah. Why are we watching it? Uh. Well. Multiple reasons, because Scream loves some Halloween. Uh, so the, the big one is, what's your favorite scary movie? And Casey Becker's answer in the opening scene, Drew Barrymore's character, is Halloween. Uh, which she describes as the one with the guy in a white mask who walks around and stalks babysitters. Yep. Which we pointed out, uh, or I, I just clocked, you probably already clocked it. I don't think I had actually clocked that, yeah. That's like basically the premise of the first at least 10 minutes of Scream. Yeah. This is a guy in a white mask with a big knife. She's not a babysitter as far as we're aware, but like she's a babysitter type. She's probably babysat. Right, exactly. And then he does stalk her and murder her. So. Yep. Uh yeah, what's your uh what's your relationship to uh wait it gets mentioned again in Scream right? Yes, it does. Um, it it gets uh brought up a couple of times or at least referenced a couple of times. They make a lot of John Carpenter references generally. Uh, but they actually watch a big chunk of the movie during the party toward the end of the movie, and there's a lot of scenes with uh Randy watching it alone once everyone leaves, and. Uh, so we get, like, a good amount of actual footage from this movie in Scream. So, yeah, as well as mentioning it again in the list of movies that they brought to the party. Yeah, it's pretty heavily referenced. Um, so this one was a big ticket one for us. Yep. We definitely wanted to make sure we got Halloween. Plus, it's just a fucking classic. It is. Uh, and uh, would you say, like, a progenitor the original slasher movie where, where there, well i guess psycho is kind of the slasher yeah i mean and i texas chainsaw and black christmas both came before this so it but it it's the first one to do as far as i know a lot of the like now more standard and often made fun of tropes like mm. i think i mean i don't think it's the first thing to do a final girl but it really clarifies kind of what a final girl structure looks like with sure. like all of Lori's friends are dead. S- yeah. Sleeping around <laughs> and then dying afterwards. Yeah. And she's the virginal one who's just too smart for boys. Um, and also j- just a lot of the more minor tropes, uh, which we can talk about when we talk about the movie, but it, it definitely 
like establishes a lot of what we know as slasher movies so it's really cool to watch it now yeah yeah and uh what's your relationship to this movie like uh it's another one that i watched in my horror class i know that much uh i had seen it before i think it was one that I was trying to get caught up on the like classic horror canon at one point, mm-hmm. and so I watched Halloween. But I think I watched it while I was like doing other things and not paying just a ton of attention. Um, so then I, when I watched it in the horror class, I like actually paid more attention. Um, but yeah, it's honestly not one that I have a really strong relationship with. I don't have really strong feelings or memories associated with Halloween, but I have seen it before. How about you? Any relationship? Um, I think my only really, I mean, I was really familiar with the concept of Michael Myers because I think as a horror fan, like through osmosis, you pick up. Sure. Yeah. Like the details of what he's got going on, which is, uh, that he's not doing much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's not really, explained he kind of just does his thing he's just there uh which i think is the reason why we haven't watched this one together before because you've always warned me away from halloween as a series yeah because he's not terribly compelling as a slasher that's that is my feeling about it i am uh historically much more into nightmare on elm street and child's play franchises because they have killers with personalities with a capital p so I definitely, um, I'm not hugely fond of just watching a guy walk mechanically around with a knife. <laughs> Some um, tiny town in Illinois yeah, with a knife. Yeah. It's just, it's not inherently that interesting to me, but it, I can't avoid the fact that this is like the establisher of so many familiar tropes and it's really interesting to watch for that to me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I don't have a ton of relationship to this other than, like, it's kind of one of those moments where, like, you finally see something that you've absorbed so much of just by existing within the culture. Um, And so it was cool to sort of get caught up with what everybody else has been talking about. Makes sense. Uh, Yeah, it was pretty pretty groovy time. Uh, Anything to report from the watch? I don't think anything happened. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. We ate really good food. Yeah, Sam's not here to ask about the food. We did eat jollof rice. Oh, so good. Uh, which was Nigerian jollof rice, which was fantastic. Moving on. Yep. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to say this one more time and then probably won't again because I imagine folks are clued in. But in case you're just joining us for this episode, Sam, my beloved partner in crime on Hanksy Panksy is out. Uh, for good reason, he's out on parental leave. So what we are doing, Jackie and I, is of course watching all of the movies referenced in Scream, or as many of them as we can get through. Yeah. Before Sam returns uh, from parental leave, which will be uh, at some point uh, unknown at this point, but uh, so you're stuck with us until further notice. Until further notice, we're doing the horror hut thing. Uh, for good reason. Sam needs some time with the wee baby Keanu. Uh, we'll get back to watching Keanu Reeves movies soon. Okay, so that's out of the way. Jackie, do you want to break down the plot? <laughs> the plot as so much as it is. Sure. <laughs> of Halloween. This will probably go faster than previous episodes. Yep. <laughs> um, the plot. Uh, we start with uh, it's the 60s. 
there's a teenage girl having sex with her boyfriend. She has a little brother who stabs her to death. Uh, and she is shirtless. That's that's Yeah, that we'll scene. get into that. We'll get um, into it. And then he walks outside, is dressed like a clown. His parents, I guess they're his parents, their parents, uh, take off his mask and go, huh. I guess he finally killed his sister. Yep. <laughs> Look at that. Cut to Halloween night of... 78, I guess. Uh, and we've got... Uh, I'm going to continually refer to him as the Ahab, I think, which is a, a reference to Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon, with which, if you know it, uh, good on you. But um, Dr. Loomis, uh, who is named for a psycho character and for whom uh, Billy Loomis is also named from in Scream. Nice. Uh, so Dr. Loomis, the Ahab... Uh, is bringing a new nurse to pick up Michael Myers, his patient, uh, for a court date or something. They're talking about it, and he's like, it's evil, it's evil! And the nurse is like, sure, whatever, doc. Uh, and then uh, a hand comes out and like attacks the nurse and steals the car and runs off, and it's Michael Myers. He has escaped, Uh and the doctor's like, he's loose. The evil is gone from this place. He's very, very dramatic. Uh, and then the rest of the movie is literally cutting back and forth between Dr. Loomis trying to track down his escaped patient and trying to warn people that he's evil. Death has come to your town and every other like melodramatic thing that you can imagine. Yeah. Uh, and a group of teenage girls just kind of hanging out and planning to babysit and sleep with their boyfriends. So we've got Lori, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's character, who is the virgin of the horror movie. And so we know she's going to survive. Uh, but that's based on rules that are established by and after this movie. So I guess people didn't know that at the time. Uh, and then she's got her friends Linda and Annie. I believe. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, who are all about inviting their boyfriends over to sleep with them in the houses of people they're babysitting for. Uh, <laughs> Which I really want to talk about. We, <laughs> we will talk about. Um, and uh, meanwhile, Michael Myers keeps just sort of popping up and he's wearing a white mask and a mechanics uniform, like coverall thing, um, and just keeps. Being in the background of shots and Laurie will occasionally spot him standing perfectly still and then he's gone a second later. Uh, the TV trope for that is off-screen teleportation. Uh, he does it constantly in this movie. Yeah. Um, so he just sort of stalks them and is there while Loomis tries to get the cops to take him seriously, which they kind of do. Uh, and then the girls are babysitting that night and... He starts killing them. Yep. Uh, he kills Annie first uh, in a car. And then he kills uh, Linda and her boyfriend a little bit later after they've slept together. And Bob. I like that his name was just Bob. It was Bob? It was okay. Bob. <laughs> just Bob. Okay. I believe you. Um, <laughs> did not remember that. Uh, Bob uh, does say I'll be right back right before he dies, which is a classic scream thing. I'll be right back. Uh, and then 
uh, Lori is like, hey, friends that saddled me with an extra kid to babysit so that they, you could sleep with your boyfriends, uh, where'd you disappear to? And comes looking for them and finds everyone dead. Uh, she specifically finds uh, Linda. I mm-hmm. mix up the names. Uh, Linda in, dead in bed with the tombstone of the dead sister from the beginning. Oh, I missed the tombstone at part. the head of the bed, which is like a totally normal thing. Did he just? Okay, we're gonna get into a lot of things, but I want to address this right now. Yeah. Is he carrying? Because they imply that he's carrying around the tombstone. Is he carrying it in fucking hammer space? I don't. I don't know. He like stashes <laughs> it behind a bush every time he does a creepy appearance. Right. It's and then he goes unclear. to get the tombstone, drags it somewhere else, plops it down. I guess. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Maybe it was in the car. I don't know. It's, it's a big tombstone. It's a huge though. tombstone. So yeah. Um. So she finds the bodies. Sees Michael Myers. He attacks her with a knife. She falls down some stairs. She stabs him in the head with, what was it, a knitting needle? Yeah. Um, He should be dead. She thinks he's dead. He's not. This is a recurring theme. She runs from him, hides from him, fights him, stabs him some more. Stabs him quite a bit, actually. In the head with a chef's yep. knife. Uh, she gets the kids to run out for help. Uh, so Dr. Loomis hears them screaming, comes running in with a gun and sees Michael Myers fighting this random teenage girl, shoots him a bunch of time. Michael Myers falls out the window and she's like, was that the boogeyman? And he's like, yep, finally someone as dramatic as me. That yeah. was totally the boogeyman. The end of the movie. In roll credits. Yep. Yeah. So, what'd you think of Halloween? Do you want to do one word for Halloween? Sure. Yeah. Uh, Halloween is simple. I was going to say Halloween is cardboard. Yeah. So. Um, it's, and I don't want to, like, make that just an insult. It's not my favorite, but I can see why it's a classic. The oh, score yeah. is fantastic. A lot of the shots are great, but it's just, like... It feels so generic, and some of that is because everyone else t- copied it. Yes, I was gonna say that it's it's almost like the I, I retract my cardboard statement and say <laughs> that uh, this movie is the blueprint. Yeah. So a that's... blueprint is not terribly interesting. Yep. But obviously, what it builds is way more compelling, and I think that's the case. Is like the forward progress of time happened. Yeah. And people built things on top of this blueprint. And don't get me wrong, this movie's not bad. It's a pretty good movie. And if we'd never seen another slasher movie built on that blueprint, it would probably be way more fun and impressive. Yes. Yeah. But like you said, it's it's definitely it's full of holes. This yes. one. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think it's worth talking a little bit about Michael Myers as a character. Uh, because, of course, with, like, these classic slasher franchises, this went on to make so many movies and mm-hmm. remakes and reboots and requels. And I, Michael Myers basically became the core of a huge series. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand how. There is nothing to his character. His character is described as evil and evil can't be killed. Which doesn't actually make sense. That's not a thing. Yeah. I mean, he famously doesn't say anything. Yeah. 
He hasn't said he anything in 15 years. Yeah, he doesn't talk. And he doesn't really emote. He, he well, he's wearing a fucking mask. Yeah. So. He walks like... Like a refrigerator. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it, this actually kind of bothers me because we've got Dr. Loomis running around going, he's evil. He's been planning this for years. He's the devil. He's pure villainy on legs. Like he's telling everyone who will listen, like, I have known this person for 15 years and he is pure evil. And you cannot like expect anything from him except death. And I want to know what he's basing that on because this guy has never spoken a word to Dr. Loomis has literally as described by Dr. Loomis been sitting and staring at a wall for 15 years in a padded cell. And okay. He killed his sister when he was a kid. Hey, that's a good point. That's a dramatic leap to go from. He killed his sister, which weird. Right. We'll grant you. Bad. Yes. (laughs) Six year old stabbing a girl. Like. That's not good. Not good. But like you go from that to stares at a wall for 15 years, therefore is supernaturally evil. Yeah. And a literal monster. This guy is Satan. How do you get there? I, well, I, we say this about Ahab here. He's got good instincts. I mean, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. But... I just, I want to know, <laughs> like, was there a psychic communication involved? Was he having prophetic dreams Did about Did he steal this? your birthday cake? Yeah. Like, what happened here? Yeah. What's the story? Uh, but I feel like this movie is already so full of holes with so little exposition. Mm-hmm. Meaning- and I appreciate the lack of exposition. I oh, don't, yeah. I'm kind of torn because I kind of don't want this all spelled out and explained yes exactly that's what i was gonna say because like they've yeah. done so it's already full of holes and they didn't put in any effort on exposition so if they tried i feel like it would just be like swiss cheese it would be <laughs> yeah impossible to make sense of so i'm kind of okay with the fact that it's like he's a nebulous evil i appreciate the simplicity of it yeah but it, it does lead to a very interesting moment for me I turned to you and asked, is Michael Myers supernatural? Yeah. And you immediately went, yes. Yeah. And I went, whoa. <laughs> because when he's when he's taken out Bob, just Bob, uh, he Bob. lifts him off the ground with one hand by like five feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so ain't, ain't nobody can do that. Even if you're a world-class strongman, I think you would. Maybe. You'd struggle. You'd, you'd struggle. You'd, you'd need to, like, stand better, at yeah. least. <laughs> yeah. Like, I guess you could do it, but it would be... It takes some doing and... and it's a Darth Vader move, is what yes, it is. exactly. Yeah. And bodies are, like, hard to, like, move around, especially by the neck. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, so it just reeks of this, like, supernatural energy to me. And I'm glad I asked, because then he does get uh, stabbed in the head. Multiple times, shot many, many times. Yep, and it's just kind of fine a second later every time. Yeah, yeah. So definitely something spoopy going on with Michael Myers. Yeah, but that is not actually clarified until like the last five minutes of the movie. Yeah. When you're like, huh, that's not human. That's a really good point. (laughs) 
<laughs> like that's a genre shift. You it think is. that you're just watching like a serial killer movie yeah. for the bulk of this movie. And then suddenly it's a supernatural slasher in like the last five minutes. And it's not treated as a big reveal. Not really. It is not. It's not. It's not dwelt upon at all, which yeah. is why it's making me laugh. Because can you imagine not having that context and watching this movie and going, huh? Well, he got stabbed in the head and he's back up at it. That's a, that's a tough cookie. Yeah. Wow, she stabbed him in the head many times with the chef's knife and he's still at it. That's one really tough cookie. And nope. then he gets shot a bunch and runs off. You're going to start thinking something is up. Yes. Yeah. That's unusual. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, <laughs> I'm... I'm torn because I kind of appreciate the total lack of explanation, dwelling on it, exposition, anything. Yeah. Uh, but I also feel like I want something. If he had a personality, I think I would appreciate the lack of explanation of the super. Like, Freddy Krueger, they don't explain. I mean, they do. It's in one of the terrible sequels. They do explain sort of where he got his powers. But, like, for the most part, Freddy Krueger is... He's a ghost. Ghosts can do this, I guess. Him being yeah. a dream magic thing is not explained. It's It has nothing to do with his death or his life. It's just that's how he manifests as a ghost. And that is fine. I have no desire to find out about the dream demons that look like fish that he made deal with. Yeah. Which is the explanation in the sequel. I get, I think, I haven't watched all of the Halloween movies. I think there's one... That tries to explain Michael Myers as, like, an avatar of Satan or something. Hmm. I don't know. Um, so I'm sure someone has tried to write, like, an explanation of that. But it's clearly not... It, it's not implied. It's not desired in the first movie. No, not a bit. At all. Um, and so I think with Freddy Krueger, I appreciate, like, the explanation is this is a guy that died. He got killed. This is his ghost. That's all the explanation you get. Yeah. And that is perfect. Like, mm -hmm. he is... But that's because he's got a personality. He's got a story just as a person. Yeah. So... Or, like, Charles Lee Ray, like, Chucky. Yeah. Just... Well, he's a serial killer who's into voodoo. <laughs> so he did some voodoo. Now his soul is in the body of a doll. Don't worry about it. It's Don't worry voodoo. about it. And you're like, oh. Right, buckle me up. Let's do this. Yep. This, they they yeah. tell you that you can move on. It's kind of like we talked about. I want to. I want to put a pin in this, or really, really circle it with a sharpie. Because <laughs> um, we've talked about this in the last episode, but like horror movies, to me, have a gimmick of some kind. Mm -hmm. Like it has a central plot gimmick, like a hook. It's almost like a song, right? Like, what's the hook of the song? Uh, so Charles Lee Ray, Voodoo. Body of a doll sure. is the hook of child's play. Um, this one, though. Evil. Evil. Doesn't have much of a hook. Uh, evil guy stabs babysitters. Yep. Uh, which is fine. That's a perfectly good. That, that'll do. That'll do, pig. Um, but it's definitely like a little bit. Uh, what's the word? Anemic. That's the word I was going to use. <laughs> it's a little anemic compared to like Get Out or some of the other ones we've talked about on the podcast as far as the hook goes. Yeah. Um, so, but I, I do think, um, I know the answer to this, but we're going to ask it anyway. Jackie, is this horror? 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, this one's a horror movie. Yeah, no question. This one wears its horrorness on its sleeve. Yeah. And I don't think anyone on the planet would disagree with us on that. Yeah, this is sort of the, like you said, it's such an archetypal movie mm-hmm. for um, a, a, like, platonic ideal of a slasher movie that other movies built off of. Yeah. That it is, like, definitely de facto a horror movie, for sure. So, Agreed. Yeah. Okay. Um, we got to get it out of the way really quick, but this is going to lead into talking about the kids, and that's what I really want to do. Jackie, did we see boobs? Yes, we did. Immediately. Pretty again. much immediately, yeah. <laughs> uh, opening scene or sequence when uh, Michael, child Michael, kills his big sister, we see her boobs through six year old Michael Myers' eyes. Yeah, that was fun. It was weird. Uh, <laughs> it, it felt a lot like the shower scene, except with a lot more boobs visible. Lots of boobs. Yeah. Yeah, and again, we're bringing this up because, uh, according to Randy, if you have sex, or in our, by our estimation, if you reveal your your body mm-hmm. in a horror movie, you are dead. You're a dead person walking. And uh, yep, Linda also shows her boobs. Yeah. Uh, not only. In this movie, but also in Scream, because that's the scene that they watch. Like, you, I think they cut away from the screen, but all of the characters of Scream see and cheer for Linda's boobs. Yeah, exactly. Another reason we're talking about this, because the boobs in horror movies are referenced kind of a lot in Scream. Yep. So, um, so we have to cover it. That's our job. <laughs> it's our job, people. <laughs> uh, this is what we do. Um. But this leads to the kids. And uh, I came up with a little theory watching this that we talked about briefly, but I want to put it on the record, which is that I'm pretty convinced that uh, everybody in this neighborhood sees um, what is Jamie Lee Curtis's character? Lori. Lori Strode. Lori Strode sees Jamie Lee Curtis's character, Lori, as the good babysitter. But she's the only one because the others... (laughs) Who'd you get tonight? Oh, I got Annie. Gah, you know she's going to fuck in your house, right? Yeah, but fucking Lori was taken, so. Yep. And, like, Linda and Bob have sex in the house where Annie was babysitting. It's not even someone there working it. (laughs) Yeah. Just what I was saying. Like, because to a degree, I posited that if you have kids, there's got to be a point at which you say... I, there's an acceptable limit on teenage behavior as far as my ability to get out of this house goes. Yeah. It's like, if we can go catch dinner in a movie and there's some illicit behavior going on, find whatever I really need us time. As long as my kid is, like, safe right. and okay, I just need to get the fuck out. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. is my kid safe and sound? Sure. But if you came home and two unre- two people unrelated to the scenario were having sex in your bed, I feel like you would have a lot of questions and concerns. Yep. Yeah, that would be, like, a problem. I would be bothered by that. I don't... Yeah. I don't think I would pay that person at that point. <laughs> yeah. Leave them a very bad review on Yelp. Yeah. Um... Yeah, in any situation, if you came home and two people completely unrelated to you were using your domicile for that purpose, it would be quite off-putting. 
Um, also, we never meet like any of these parents or almost any of the kids' parent, the like teenagers' parents, uh, except for the one that's a cop. Yeah, that's a really good point. There's kind of no parents in this flick. Yeah. What's with that? Except the cop that apparently completely missed the smell of marijuana oh, in the car. Oh, I loved that <laughs> so much. Because Annie and... Uh, you missed this in your plot summary. And it was I did. the most pivotal part of the it's movie. It's true. It's very important. Lori broke a scream rule and survived. So that's True. Lori did some drugs. Jamie Lee Curtis is rolling down the street with Annie. They're chief in a massive blunt. Um... <laughs> 1970s style in a car i think the windows were closed the too. windows were closed they were hot boxing driving down the highway uh just really going to town this thing and my favorite part is that jamie lee curtis clearly has smoked a lot of weed before but was acting as though this was a new experience because <laughs> she was coughing and sort of staring at it in bewilderment staring at the joint well we have to know that she's the good one yeah, so she's, she does drugs, but she's suspicious of them. Versus Annie, who is cool as a cucumber. But they do roll up to an active crime scene. Michael Myers has broken into a hardware store. Mm-hmm. Um, stolen a knife, oh, a couple of knives, some rope, and some Halloween masks. Which, I don't know why the hardware store is carrying yeah. the most bland Halloween mask ever made. Uh, it's kind of just a face, isn't it? Yeah, uh, supposedly it's the costume is made of a James T. Kirk mask turned inside out and painted white. Yeah, I did read um, that. I think that's, that's yeah, true. So it is just kind of a face and kind of a face that because it's turned inside out uh, or painted white or whatever does not really look like much of a face. It's just sort of features. It's features, yeah. Instead of featureless, it's sort of just... It's just like featured. Here's here's a nose and eyes and such. Yeah. There's some hair on it. Yep. Uh, but anyway, they roll up to this crime scene where her dad, Annie's dad, the cop is. I think he's like the chief of police or something, isn't he? He's yeah, like, I think he is. Classic horror movie. I think yeah. she's the daughter of the chief of police. Um, she's got big old pastor's kid energy with this uh, this blunt smoking. Yeah. Behavior. Oh, gotta hide it. There's my dad. <coughs> so um, yeah. So they throw it out the window. Never mind the fact that their car reeks like a fish concert. Yeah. And he rolls. So Jamie Lee Curtis rolls down the window, implying that again they've been up the whole time. Yep. Where he would have been immediately been hit in the face with just a cannabis cloud. <laughs> yeah. And he like sticks his face in the Into window. the car. And chats with them for a few <laughs> minutes and has no reaction. No reaction at all. So maybe he has no ability to smell anything. Yeah, dude's got COVID or something. Like <laughs> He's leaving zero stars on Yankee Candles. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was probably my favorite part of the movie. That was fantastic. And then they just drive off and then uh, continue to smoke. That's the other thing. I don't think they throw it out of the window. I think she just stashes it in the ashtray No, the she, car. like, hides it. Yeah. I don't... Still burning. <laughs> as far as I know, yeah. Incredible. Truly yeah. amazing that they were... Uh, and we didn't even get a shot of him, like, rolling his eyes, like, oh, I'm just going to ignore it. Like, no. he's, he seems completely oblivious. He's off dealing with hardware store hijinks and mm-hmm. crazy Dr. Loomis. 
Yeah, they have planning a, about evil. They have a lit jazz cigarette in the car, and he he a cop does not notice the thing. So and again, this is like this is the seventies. We're we are not in like legalized or decriminalized weed era or anywhere near that. This yeah. is nor are we in like nineteen tens or twenties when only jazz musicians were smoking yeah. marijuana. So like no one's what's that what's that weird smell there? It Jimmy? smells kinda of funny in here. Everyone okay? And your car kinda of smells skunky. What's with that? Anyway, good to see you, daughter. <laughs> nope, it's like Yeah. Late seventies. Everybody's aware of <laughs> what this drug is. Yep. Anyway, fantastic stuff. Um, so we talked about the kids. We talked about the weed car. What else do you want to sort of hit? Uh, I mean, I want to like flag that there's some really great execution of stuff in here. The music is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Also by John Carpenter. Yeah, Um, which is crazy. Yeah, it's got like. I mean, it's a classic. You hear that and you know what it is that you think, okay, Michael Myers is coming around the corner as soon as you hear that music. But also it it has like a really nice building tension to it. It mm-hmm. like get it has momentum behind it and keeps the movie kind of going. Um, so really like the music. Uh, there's like just a lot of, I mean, it's just a well put together movie. It was paced pretty well. I I never felt like, really bored i yeah like not by things not happening sometimes i'm like yeah yeah this is gonna happen because i have seen slasher movies before but again not this movie's fault that everyone else copied them uh but yeah well executed i i have to say yeah i have a question for you what's that so in this movie annie yes it's annie um spills butter all over herself oops yeah um which i guess is gonna go on popcorn uh yeah i think they were making popcorn that makes sense um because it's just liquid butter yeah it's just liquefied butter i just realized that she does finish making the popcorn because when she goes across the street to see um jamie lee curtis she is feeding jamie lee curtis popcorn oh yeah so she did complete the act of did making popcorn. Did she carry it or did Jamie Lee Curtis also make popcorn? No, I didn't she, remember her she carrying She has it in her hands and is oh. eating it as they cross the street. Okay. Missed that. And then that. feeds a few kernels to Jamie Lee Curtis. I was distracted by the fact that she was half naked. Yeah. Well, hang on. We'll get there. So it just occurred to me, too, that that is true friendship. If someone shows up at your house in, like, a super long business button-up shirt and nothing else... <laughs> And, and starts feeding you popcorn. Starts feeding you things and you just sort of blindly start munching. Uh-huh. That's true friendship right there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah. Anyway, she spills butter all over herself. Oopsie. Uh, she <laughs> immediately starts stripping. Yeah. Like removes all of her clothing. Yep. Uh, and then puts on, I guess, a shirt she found from somebody in the house. Uh, the Wallaces. Yeah. I think it's like uh, the dad of the family that she's babysitting for left his shirt in the laundry room or something. Yeah. So she just throws that on. Uh, yeah. And nothing else. So here's my question. Yeah. If you're babysitting, you are responsible for the life of a little one. Yes. In this, because you've babysat before. I have. I have not. I've never been in this position outside of like actual family where I think this rule might be different. If you spill butter all over yourself, 
would you do exactly what she does and strip everything off <laughs> and then immediately like she is consumed with the need to wash these clothes yeah um or would you just let it ride and be a buttery gooey mess for a little while i might not let it ride and be a buttery gooey mess but i that is partly because i have a serious sensory thing sure. with damp clothes sticking to me that would freak me out i gotta be honest um so you might i might uh but i would probably i mean okay she is a terrible babysitter setting aside (laughs) yeah setting aside the like (laughs) let's clarify that really quick (laughs) setting even setting aside the boyfriend fucking Mm -hmm. and the just handing her charge off to another babysitter across the street without telling to be fair her parents are probably happy oh i'm sure she's with the good babysitter yeah um but even aside from that she like yells at this child to do things for her Mm -hmm. like take care of this dog get me a robe like that's the opposite of how babysitting works like you work for the child ask not what you can what your what your babysat (laughs) child can do for you yeah so I don't, I mean, there's, there's a line. There's like, you need to be able to have authority and be like, okay, it's time for bed and sure. stuff like that. But as a general rule, you aren't ordering the child around for yourself. You order the child around when needed for the child's health and safety and well-being. Sure. Um. So like there's, okay, it's bedtime. There is not shut that dog up. <laughs> Or get Especially me a robe. Like, what, what do you figure, like six or younger? I have, yeah, I don't know, maybe seven, seven, maybe eight at the maybe most. Eight. Um, yeah, no, I think at that age, my response would probably be, "Hey, Lindsay, um, do you know if your parents have like a robe that I could borrow that you could take me to, so that I'm not leaving you unsupervised?" While I do this, yeah, and we can be above board with all of this, and hopefully your parents won't mind me borrowing their clothes for the rest of the evening. Um, I don't think I would use their washing machine. Interesting. Uh, okay, because that's the less I might. I that's like the least weird part to me. Is yeah, that if you're gonna strip and go this route, I don't think it's that weird to use their washing machine. But I just feel like there's you're like leaving the child to do this oh yeah <laughs> like no this kid it's is in, like unsupervised. a different part of the house that she gets stuck in and yeah like it's it's weird um so yeah i i don't know but uh the the babysitting choices of this movie were bad extremely uh, so Lori is a <laughs> a pretty good babysitter uh she becomes a very good babysitter once there's a murderer and she always protects the protects children the first, first and yeah. is very on top of it um but yeah other than that like the others well we really only see because linda's not actually a babysitter in this she's just using the house yeah. her friend is babysitting in um so it's just annie that's the just a god-awful baby she's really not good at it yeah i think i would just like grab a rag and do the best i could yeah, and it depends how bad this bill is, really. True. Yeah. But I did think it was funny because, yeah, maybe she's also got sensory issues because 
her reaction was to immediately yeah. pull everything off. Yeah. Which I thought just the shirt was going to go, but then nope. Yeah. Like no, a toddler I, at the restroom. Just I did find that off. somewhat relatable because like if I get something sticky mm. spilled on my clothes, I do want it off immediately. Sure. Okay. Um, but but I don't, I don't think that's a incredibly common response. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know either. I tell you. I'm glad we hashed that out. Uh, we've determined that using the the washers, washer and dryer, uh, is suspect, but maybe maybe not the weirdest part. Yeah. Uh, potentially not the I weirdest think part of that arrangement. Running around in the dad of the family's shirt. It's a bad look, isn't it? It's just it. It's got a bad vibe to it, <laughs> and. Yep. If if the parents came home while she was dressed like that, which I guess is why she's using the washing machine so that she can get her clothes on by the time they get back. But if like the dad comes home and you're dressed like that, that looks like you're trying to seduce him. Yeah, or something. Or like you've gone full risky business. Yeah, it's it's just a weird look. So speaking of mom and dad in this scenario, I cracked a joke about them going to Olive Garden for three blissful hours. Yeah. It's not just three hours, though. These parents are gone. Yeah, so it's like you, what do you the think middle of the night. Yeah, what do you think they're <laughs> doing that gives her enough time to think in her head, I can do a full load of laundry and then some? Where Where are these parents at? A lot of the parents that I used to babysit for would be gone for, like, until quite late. Um, How late are we talking? Midnight or one. Really? Um, yeah. So, because... A lot of the time, that's they were like, "All right, we need to make a night of it because we got a babysitter." Yeah. Um. So, yeah, like that's not unheard of. Uh, my theory, because we've got multiple families in this neighborhood, just fucking gone. Yeah, ghosted. Uh, we see almost no adults in this neighborhood. Uh, there's someone who like closes their blinds when Lori is screaming for help. And that's the only thing we see of them. Mm. And presumably there's someone answering all the doors when the kids are trick-or-treating earlier in the evening. True. True, true, true. Uh, but I think there's some adult Halloween party going on in Haddonfield that night that the parents are going to. And they're making a night of it. Yeah. And They have to be. Yeah. I like this idea that they're all collectively at the same rager of a Halloween party. Yeah. They're swinging. I think. Yeah, I wasn't going to say it, but yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's why they're kind of okay with the teenagers using their houses while they're gone. This makes some sense. Yeah. Yeah. Keep them occupied. Keep them off our backs. Keep them guessing while we do our thing. Yep. They do their thing. Hopefully our kids are safe during this whole process. (laughs) Who knows? Who can say? Yep. Um... Shit. What? I forgot my final quote, and I've got oh, no. roughly 18 minutes to figure it out. So, folks, edge of your seats here. <laughs> see if I remember my final we'll, quote. We'll get you there somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, anything else you really want to talk about about this movie? Yeah, I was going to say, too, speaking of the kids trick-or-treating. So, Lori gets home. Jimmy Lee Curtis gets back to her house after school. So, it's what? You reckon, like, four in the afternoon? Yeah, three, 
330? 330, somewhere in there. Let's say four to be generous. Mm -hmm. There's motherfucking kids trick-or-treating across the street from her. Yeah. It's four. Do you know nothing of how Halloween works? I feel like that's really interesting because I feel like that is a more recent trend in Halloween that people go out earlier and earlier Mm. because it's like a safety thing. Like, oh, you don't want your kids out in the dark getting run over or something. I guess. But like, I always thought when I, this is one of those, when I was a kid, we waited until it was dark until out. Until it was dark. First so that you could yeah. creep yourself out while you were out there. Um, and then as I st- started seeing like other kids going out trick-or-treating when I was growing up, I was like, why are you going out so early? So I wonder if like every generation has this experience. <laughs> it gets a little... Yeah, I don't know. Because as far as I'm concerned, it's Shabbos rules, baby. Until that first star is out in the night sky, you do not get to go trick-or-treat. Yeah, although I am pretty sure one of the, like, um, was it Trick or Treat that has, like, the the safety video about trick or treating? And they say, don't go after dark. Yeah, that's a good point. But they also say, don't go to houses you don't know. And I'm like, I didn't know my neighbors as a kid. I knew, like, two people. That would be a very short trick or treat night. Like, very true. You absolutely go to strangers' houses. I don't. I don't know. And I grew up in a suburb that was very cookie cutter, like, movie, slasher movie suburb. It was more suburby than uh, Haddonfield. Yeah. So uh, I guess my trick-or-treating experience might have been, like, a little more reckless. I don't know. But Yeah, do you want to get into Devil's Night really quick? Oh, you mean Mischief, mischief Night? Mischief Night? Excuse me. Mischief Night. Sure. This, this weird thing that your community observed that nobody else does. This has nothing to do with the movie Halloween. It's uh, tangentially related yeah. to the, the fact that it's named Halloween. I grew up hearing about, like, okay, the night before Halloween is the night that you go out and prank people. You throw eggs, you teepee houses, and it's called Mischief Night. That's what the night before Halloween was called. Mm. And a couple of years ago, in my mid-30s, I read something that had a map of the U.S. and said what the night before Halloween is called in different parts of the U.S. And just an ocean of nothing. There's an ocean of nothing, a (laughs) dot somewhere in the Midwest that's like Devil's Night, and a dot in, like, Eastern Pennsylvania and a little bit of New Jersey that says Mischief Night, and that's it. So apparently, this was like my neighborhood only. Which is amazing. I love this because it's one of those rare moments in life where you were describing a thing, mm-hmm. and I was going, What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> And then we looked it up, and it was precisely your neighborhood, yeah. essentially. Like, your borough. Yep. It was so localized, and I I still can't believe this. I don't know where I heard of it first. I swear I heard of it from my parents, and neither of my parents was from that area. Yeah, at all. That's... I guess my dad grew up in New Jersey, so... But, but like, a different part of New Jersey. Not so. the dot that observes <laughs> Mischief Night, so... I don't know. It was... It's very weird to me. So cultural osmosis is a weird thing. 
Yeah, I bring this up because I know we've got some international listeners here. So folks, Ireland, Sweden, Canada, anybody else who wants to weigh in, uh, send us an email at hanksypanksypod at gmail.com if you have a crazy wackadoodle term for the night before Halloween. Or if you just do anything weird for Halloween, let us know what you do. Yeah. Uh, that'd be very topical considering this movie, uh, the movie this week. Just sort of let us know. Uh, kind of looking at you, Sweden. I don't know why. I feel like you're going to have some real buck wild stuff, but I could be wrong about that. I just feel like with the whole Midsommar vibes. Yeah. Uh, I want to know what you do for Samhain. Yeah. Or the night before. Or the night before Samhain. Hit us with that one. That'd be cool. HanksyPanksyPod at gmail.com. Yes, please. Uh, yeah. What else happened in this movie? It's really hard to talk about this one. I... I would like to discuss the, because I was reading like the Wikipedia and some analysis stuff while we were watching it, because I gotta be honest, there's like, I I know what's going to happen at any given point in this movie. I'm like, oh, he's going to be standing by the sheets hanging on the clothesline mm-hmm. and she's going to look back and he's gone. Yep, that happened. Like it's, so I'm, you know, looking at the Wikipedia um, and there's, a lot of stuff about like what they were trying for with writing this movie and what people have analyzed of the themes. And obviously there's a lot of stuff about slasher movies in general that I'm not going to go at least super into because many people have before. Uh, but I want to talk about the there. There's a thing about them trying for a theme around Samhain and the concept of the veil being thin between life and death and the concept of evil not being able to die or not being able to kill evil. And I want to know what the fuck that means because evil is not like a thing. It's not like a living thing that you would kill. It's just a trait that is assigned to things. True. So it's not like, oh... If I'm sufficiently evil, I become immortal because evil never dies. Like, we all joke about evil never dies when there's, like, an old person that's really evil that you hate. But, like, that's a joke. It's It's not a literal, like, thing that if you are a six-year-old who kills your older sister and you're sufficiently satanic, then you become invincible. Yeah, it's like saying ain't no rest for the wicked. There's not people who are, like, out there, like, con artists. They're <laughs> incapable of sleeping. Yeah, like, I won't need sleep anymore if I'm wicked enough. <laughs> if is I'm not wicked enough. Yeah, it's just an idiom. It's just a yeah. thing people say. It doesn't have any... Unless... Unless... <laughs> unless in this universe. In this in the universe. Cinem- the Halloween cinematic universe. <laughs> Words have extreme levels of power. I just, I I find it weird that the, quote, explanation for Michael Myers is that he's just, like, evil. That's Super not a, evil. That, that's not a thing. I want to reframe this with the movies we've seen and maybe horror as a whole. Because okay. I feel like evil is, is a cop-out. Agreed. In a lot of ways, to describe a horror villain, especially. Yeah, and, like, what does evil mean? He's killing teenage girls is like yeah specifically because well, let's take it back to scream do you think billy and Stu are evil depends what you mean by evil exactly they're pieces of shit <laughs> they're such, and i love them <laughs> they're dickheads <laughs> but like 
there there's nothing like mysterious or supernatural about them they're just assholes they're just dicks yeah um i think you raise a really good point that there's nothing supernatural about them i feel like evil almost necessitates the presence of super supernatural you know I mean, what I mean? It like, depends what you mean. I don't know. Well, like, in the sense of like, if they are saying Michael Myers is evil, yeah, capital E. I I am I personally usually only use the word to refer to something someone does, not something someone is. Because sure, you, everyone is capable of quote good and evil. Like you're anyone can do bad things, anyone can do good things. So like, yeah, it's it doesn't mean the person is through and through whatever. It's not. A substance that you're made of it's a word we assign to moral judgment of your actions so i don't know i'm getting way too serious about no, this, but that's what i wanted but like as far as the i keep coming back to okay i referenced this earlier in passing there's a movie called behind the mask the rise of mm, leslie vernon yes and it is kind of Scream-esque in that it's a meta parody of a slasher movie, of the slasher genre, while still being a slasher movie in itself. And it's, it's great. I would describe it as sort of like the spinal tap of horror. It kind of is, yeah. Because it's a documentary. It's a documentary. A mockumentary. Uh, uh, the premise is Leslie Vernon is, he wants to be the next Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees, Freddy Krueger, Etc. He wants to be a supernatural slasher villain. Mm -hmm. And that is his life's work. And he invites a documentary crew to follow him around and document the behind the scenes as he plots to massacre a bunch of teenagers. And the documentary crew are just kind of going along and it's clear they don't really think he's going to start killing people. But then they he does kill someone and they don't really notice uh, that that really happened. And then so when he starts killing teenagers, they're like, holy shit, he's actually killing people. And it becomes a slasher movie. It's a great movie. And they spend a lot of time directly discussing the tropes of slasher films, um, including several that come up specifically in Halloween. Uh, for example, the Ahab, which is the person who is convinced of the villain's evil, mm. Dr. Loomis, um, in Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon, that is played by Robert England, better known as Freddy Krueger. Freddy Krueger. Amazing. Um, it's great. Highly recommend listeners watch this movie. Uh, it's kind of obscure, but it's fantastic. Uh, but there's a line toward the beginning of the movie that I always thought of as one of those over-the-top parody lines that's just so ridiculous that like it's not fully true to what it's making fun of. Um and I no longer think that because uh, the documentarian is giving like background information about the town and is like, there was a child supposedly possessed by evil who got thrown over a waterfall. And the possessed by evil line mm. was so like generic yeah. that I was like, that's that's just kind of making fun of everyone at once but like no no they literally meant like michael myers is possessed by evil whatever the fuck that means again evil being like a force in yeah, this world a force like a supernatural force yeah hmm whereas i there's nothing supernatural about scream 
like no. we mentioned. So I think it's it would be unfair to Billy and Stu to say that they were evil. Yeah, they're they're just them. They're, they're not, just them. They're, they're not possessed by a weird force that makes them do things. They chose to do things. They're only possessed by homoerotic homicidal tendencies. Yes, but I think they chose that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, sort of. What's the uh, the two guys that plotted to kill someone? Leopold and Loeb. Leopold and Loeb. Yeah. Uh, proudest. Uh, proudest. Uh, Alumni. Alum. I, I don't know if they graduated from my alma mater, but uh, matriculated yeah. individuals at yes. the University of Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're kind of coming up against this one. Do you have anything else you want to say about Halloween before we dust it and put it in the record books? I think it's kind of lame for Casey Becker to have it as her favorite <laughs> scary movie. Oh, Casey Beggard has no taste when it comes to scary movies. That's so lame. I'm sorry. And she was renting this in Children of the Corn, too. So I don't know. I I haven't seen that, so I can't judge her on that one. But I, it seems unlikely that it's like a favorite worthy. Well, folks, that I think kind of answers what we're watching next <laughs> week. I was going to give you two options. Okay. Because we didn't, as per usual, we forgot to talk about this beforehand, so we're doing yeah. We don't plan things. We don't plan. That's not this kind of podcast. Uh. Anyway, so I was gonna say we can stay because isn't the thing referenced? Scream. That's on our list, isn't it? Uh, I don't think it is actually. Okay, never mind. Well, then I guess we know what we have to do. Watch Children of Children of the Corn too to stick with this theme of things she rented. We yes. must watch Children of the Corn too. Yep. Uh, so I guess that's what we're doing next week. I am checking the list to make sure. To see if there's an escape hatch here before we go watch Children of the Corn 2. I do not see the thing on here. The thing is not listed. Can't stay in the John Carpenter universe. <laughs> Away we go. Back to Stephen King. But the yep. like unauthorized sequels to his work. Yeah. So... <laughs> Anyway, we'll be doing that. Um, yeah, so back matter stuff, just a little house cleaning. Uh, I mentioned it earlier. We do have an email, hanksypanksypod at gmail.com. We always love to hear from you folks. I will read your emails, unless you say otherwise, on the podcast if you send them. I think Sam has the details for that account, so I will bug him <laughs> and try to figure that out. Uh, and again, email us if you do anything weird for Halloween or if you have a night before Halloween that you celebrate. That would be a lot of fun to hear about. Uh, we're on the socials. We're on Facebook. I think at Hanksy Panksy Pod. Uh, Instagram, the same. We aren't on Twitter because Elon Musk wears an, in- Elon Musk, excuse me, wears an inside out Captain Kirk mask that's been painted white for fun. Uh, we are on Blue Sky at Hanksy Panksy. Uh, I could be butchering some of these. Just Google it. You'll find us. Uh, and I feel like I'm missing one, but uh, we'll move on. Instagram. Instagram. Uh, I think I mentioned that one. Oh, Patreon. The big one. There we go. We have a Patreon full of great content, and I get it, folks. This is a little different. It's a little weird compared to the three years uh, of back catalog that we have for this podcast. If you want more of me and Sam interacting, I get it. I understand, and you can find that over at patreon.com slash hanksypanksy. There's a little bit of cash. You have a like a truly distressing amount of content over there. So you can listen to us watch Star Wars or uh, She's the Man 
uh, or some. <laughs> There's a pretty wide range <laughs> on there. Yeah, a Barbara Streisand movies from my movie from the early seventies. There's kind of a lot. So, and if you give us enough money, you can be one of Hanks' heroes, like Tuck and Daniel. Guys, I would totally uh, let you babysit my hypothetical kids with <laughs> absolute trust that nothing nefarious would happen. Um, yeah. I think that's it. All right. Do you have a final quote? Did you figure it out? I did figure it out. Well, I lost the other one, but I've got another one. What's that? So I've been doing this thing of doing different line reads. And this time I think I'm just going to assign it to a different character. Okay. Because it was said by uh, Linda in bed. But I think it would be way funnier if Michael Myers said it with her exact intonation, which is, see anything you like. (laughs) <laughs> like if it was, was his only line in the movie, it'd be fantastic. Yeah. I would like him much better as a character. Yeah, he'd have a man. The amount of personality you could pack into a single sentence. Um, anyway, thanks for listening, folks. We will catch you guys next week when we watch Children of the Corn Two.